When the Israelites in the wilderness complain because they are without water, Moses turns to the Lord and asks what should be done. The Lord shows Moses how he will provide water to his fault-finding people. A reading from the book of Exodus. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Because Christ has died for our sins, we now enjoy God's friendship and favor. Our present hardships are temporary, strengthening in us the hope of the glory to be revealed. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. 
The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was, who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, What do you want, or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say, Four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor." Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be seated, please. Is your head spinning? There's a lot going on in there, and it jumps from one thing to another. He asks for a drink of water. She says, what do Jews have to do with Samaritans, men and women? 
He says, I'll give you living water. She says, are you greater than Jacob, our ancestor? He says, go call your husband. She says, I have no husband. Yes, you've had five. She says, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Your ancestors, our ancestors said to worship on this mountain, you say in Jerusalem. Boom, 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 conversations one right after another. John is a consummate storyteller, and he wants us to be confused. He wants us to dig for what's going on here. There's also some wonderful detail in there. Um, You notice Jesus asks for a drink, and he never gets it. She leaves the well and leaves her water jar at the well. She came for water. She obviously went home with nothing. Did she go home with living water? Maybe so. John's gospel is written at two levels. The level of narrative, the story that we hear, and then the level of the history of his community. It always works at both levels. At the level of narrative, we have a woman of questionable repute, five husbands. The person she's with now is not her husband. She's at the well at noon. Women don't go to the well at noon. It's hot. They go in the morning or in the evening. So she's not welcome in the company of the other women. She ends up bearing testimony to the whole village. Could this be the Messiah? And they believe. At the end of John's Gospel, we have Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons have been thrown out, a woman of questionable repute, hanging around in the garden, weeping for Jesus, meeting Jesus, and coming back and testifying to his disciples that he is risen. So John has this thing going with women being the bearers of testimony, very important. But at the level of the community, At the level of the history of John's community, this is a very complex story. And it's more about this than it is about the woman. Samaritans are so named because of the capital of the northern kingdom. When the two kingdoms were united under David and Solomon, um, the capital was at Jerusalem. But when they split, the king of Israel made his capital at Samaria. The people in the southern kingdom always regarded that as Israel's great apostasy. They left us. um, They built temples at Dan and Bethel. Rehoboam made golden calves at those temples. Um, That was their idolatry. And so when in 722 the Assyrians came and conquered the northern kingdom, the people in the south said they're just getting their comeuppance. It was what they were supposed to, to get. But now, start counting. 722, the Assyrians, then the Babylonians, then the Medes, then the Persians, then the Greeks. That's five. And the one you have now is not your husband, Rome. Each time an empire would conquer, they would set up an image of their god in the temples and force the people to worship their gods. The Samaritans had had to worship five sets of gods and now the Romans. The word in all of the Semitic languages for Lord is the same as the word for husband, Baal. You've had five Baals and the one you have now, Baal, and the one you have now is not your husband. The one they had now was Herod. Rome had put Herod in place. Herod, king of the Jews, they called him. He was no Jew himself. He was an Idumean one of those ethnic groups that the Assyrians had brought into Samaria in the first place. So he was a half-breed, they were half-breeds. Here they're asking for water. 
Now, if you go back and you read the story of the patriarchs, all three of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, meet their wives where? At the well. When Abraham sends his servant back to get a wife for Isaac, he gets back to Nahor, where um, he's from. He sits down at the well and he says, Now, the first woman I ask to give me a drink, who does, that will be the woman that I ask to take home to my servant's son, Isaac. When Jacob is running away from Isaac, he comes to the well and he asks Rebekah for water and she gives water not only to him but to his camels. So here we have, and of course in Hosea, worshiping God is called being married to God. Worshiping idols is called adultery. So here we have a Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus asks her for water. He doesn't get it. So the question is raised, okay, did the Samaritans join the community or not? The story is left open. They come back believing that he's the savior of the world. The Samaritans and the Jews just hated each other. Um, Seven centuries of hatred going on. And here's John's community saying, we have found a way for Samaritans and Jews to come together in the worship of Jesus. And he will provide living water, living water that wells up in us to everlasting life, providing us what we need. So what is it that separates us from God? What is it that separates us from each other? Where do we need reconciliation? I love the image of of the Old Testament of Israel being out there in the desert, thirsty for God, and God gives them water. Water is the image for our need of God. Where do we need reconciliation? What are we thirsty for? What separates us? The woman goes back to the village and she says, Could this be Messiah? He told me everything I have ever done. What was it that separated Jews from Samaritans? It was a shared history. They had been together once, and now all of this history that had gone between them. What is it that separates us from each other when we're having fights with each other? It's a shared history. Think about Christians and Muslims. What is it that separates us from each other, a shared history? Think about somebody that you're having an argument with. What is it that separates you, a shared history? Jesus shows up says... Give me a drink. He's proposing marriage. He's proposing that the Jews and the Samaritans come together. She's not quite sure she's there yet. But if we take that drink, if we drink from the same cup of those people that we're estranged from, then reconciliation happens. He goes back. He stays in the village two days. Clearly, he has to eat some food and drink some water in those two days out of Samaritan pots and pans, a thing that a Jew would never do. Clearly, the reconciliation takes place. Who are we separated from and why? How do we drink from the same cup? And when we do that, that reconciliation becomes in us a well of water springing up for eternal life. Amen.